Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again, as always, by Drew Bishop. And this is episode 94. We're inching ever so closely to episode 100. Uh, Drew, how are you doing? How is the little one doing? Do you have all your Christmas shopping done? I'm okay. He's good. They're they're good, I guess I should say now. Um, And no, I don't. Um, (laughs) uh today and tomorrow well uh that's our goal but you remembered your anniversary i did do that i did do that i tried to actually pretend that i didn't but my father-in-law ruined it so i didn't my my little scheme didn't work out but i did remember so i don't know if it's very believable that you would ever forget anything you're you're typically very organized yeah it'd be a tough one to pull off yeah well you know i i think that at times she, ex- I do forget some things around the house. Um, so I don't think it would be that surprising to her, maybe, maybe to anybody else, but to her, that probably. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I can imagine we're uh, the, the second child mental fog that it's, yes. uh, it's a different it's animal for sure. But uh, yeah, it's, it's real and it's not spectacular. Uh, <laughs> we've got a good one planned today. We're going to preview the upcoming Hawaii Ceylon event that begins out uh, in December 26th in Hawaii with uh, Tim Arakawa, uh, our, our five tool SoCal director, but uh, a Hawaii native um, that uh, no better person to bring on the podcast and, and preview that event that we have going out there right after Christmas. It's a fantastic event. Um, great exposure opportunity for, uh, for baseball out in Hawaii and, uh, an opportunity for, you know, a lot of those talented players to get in front of some people that are going to cover them from a social media perspective, some college coaches, uh, just a great exposure opportunity for, uh, for an area that, um, deserves every bit of it it gets because it's a great, great baseball area. And we see that when those teams come over um, and participate in some of our events here in Texas. Yeah, definitely. You know, like I remember, you know, when I was in Texas, we played again or, you know, Tim played against us uh, at Oklahoma State. And, you know, like that mentality that we're going to ask him about was on display. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you, you knew he was going to be gritty. You knew he was going to play hard. He was always going to be a tough out. Um, and you just you better show up. You better show up ready to play or, you know, you're going to get your mouth punched by a guy like him. And, you know, you see you see that with a lot of these Hawaii Hawaiian teams that we've had in our event so um yeah. yeah excited to get his take on it and hear more about the event and uh continue to grow this event as we go so it'll be yeah exciting. well let's get to it here's our interview with uh Tim Arakawa on the Hawaii Sandlot event um and also to his unique baseball background and what's going on in Southern California happy to be joined today by five tool SoCal director Tim Arakawa uh, easily the best baseball player um, on this podcast currently, which is saying something because because uh, because because Drew was uh, was was definitely a standout player in his own right. I certainly peaked at about ten or eleven years old. But uh, uh, Tim, you know, we, we're bringing you in here to talk about our our, our Hawaii Sandlot event, which is a really cool event um, that I believe is now we're going to be doing for the third time out in Hawaii. But before we get into that, um, you know, we talk a lot about paths to baseball you know on here and, and staying in the game and if you're good they'll find you and uh um your baseball background is just super unique so before we get into the Hawaii stuff let's kind of share with people you know how you got from um Hawaii to a junior college to Oklahoma State and then into professional baseball for a little bit because it's certainly one of the most unique paths um that I've ever come across yeah, well, uh, first of all, good to be on with you guys. Thank you guys for having me. Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, the good thing about kind of growing up in Hawaii, we can play baseball all year round, right? So if you're a baseball guy, you know, you're playing 12 months out of the year. Um, the weather is awesome. So obviously you can get outdoors and you can really work at your craft. So, you know, my family, you know, my dad was a huge baseball guy. So he just kind of, you know, ingrained it into us that, hey, you're going to take this baseball thing as um as long as you can um and you know see what opportunities are out there so I played um high school ball in Hawaii obviously and um, I was a pretty good player in Hawaii you know we really don't at at that time especially um you know that idea of exposure wasn't really anything that everybody was um you know had a good idea about 
Um, you'd go up to a few tournaments in Arizona, but, you know, during the fall, the fall classic was going on. Uh, but other than that, you know, you really did, you know, didn't have an idea of how to get recruited, how to go on and play college baseball. Um, I think my path kind of showed itself because I had two older brothers who both played junior college baseball in California uh, prior to me, you know, graduating high school. So I had already kind of, you know, known that, hey, I'm kind of the same players as my brothers were. Um, so the junior college pass is probably going to be a really good one for me as well. Uh, they ended up playing two years of uh, Division two baseball at Colorado Mesa and Chico State after that. So I knew the junior college baseball route could be a good one for me. Uh, so fortunately, I got an opportunity to go play at Yavapai Community College, which has a good baseball background there and sending guys off to four-year schools. They had a good Hawaii connection as well. So it's a little bit of an easy transition for me to go and play ball up there. Um, you know, kind of stepped right in, got my at-bats, got to play as a freshman, got to play as a sophomore, um, you know, did really well, kind of find, found myself as a baseball player, what I could bring, how I could, you know, kind of reach my potential type of thing. And then, um, yeah, Oklahoma State uh, saw me in the sophomore showcase that we actually cover uh, now down in Arizona, the um, the Division One Arizona JUCO showcase that's held at Grand Canyon. Before it was, uh, it was also held at Grand Canyon. So we got uh, together there in Oklahoma State, you know, 60 schools were in the stands watching you know, a group of junior college sophomores play ball against each other, which was awesome. Um, so Oklahoma State, you know, came knocking. Uh, for me, it was almost a no-brainer because, you know, the opportunity to play Big 12 baseball, you know, for me coming out of high school wasn't even close to being a reality. And then two years after that, it became a reality. So um, fortunately, got a chance to go in there as a junior. Um, it was Josh Holiday's second year. So the program was kind of turning into that more of what you see how it is you know now um in you know every year in regionals or hosting regionals and you know perennial top 25 teams so i was able to experience that and just go there and compete man i you know coming from hawaii it wasn't that i had a chip on my shoulder but i had you know a lot of stuff to play for right a little bit of yeah. pride mm -hmm. of where i was coming from so went in there was fortunate to get an opportunity to play second base a couple of years uh, to a couple, you know, really good teams. The Big 12 was loaded that uh, those years. Uh, TCU, uh, Texas, and Tech were just, you know, really good. Baylor had a really good year when we were there as well. Um, but, you know, played there for a couple of years. Um, my senior year, we got ousted in the regional by Arkansas. Ben Attendee was on that team. And then I thought my baseball career might be over because I was talking with some scouts and stuff, but... Um, nothing written, you know, you sign, you know, you fill out the questionnaires, but nothing yeah. else comes about it. Right. And fortunately, you know, sitting down and, you know, eating a burger day three or day two of the draft, I forget what it was, get a call from one of my teammates, like, congratulations. And I didn't even know, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> you know, I, I got, um, I got picked up by the angels in the 23rd round, which is crazy. Cause nowadays there's not even 23 rounds anymore. There's 20 rounds. So, right. um, you know, it's a, it, it was a different time for sure. But, um, you know, got to do that, played in the angels organization for about three and a half years. Um, you know, kind of got fast tracked to double A, hit a little bit of a wall in double A. Um, but you know, the experiences that baseball kind of took me to all around the country, a Hawaii boy going and playing in all of these different places, man, it was like more than I could have expected more than, you know, kind of, I could have dreamed about as well. So just, man, super fortunate, um, for where, um, you know, baseball took me. So in a long winded answer, that is my baseball, <laughs> uh, my baseball experience, but you know, like I said, I was just man, fortunate, right place at the right time, lucky, um, blessed, had a lot of good coaching and a lot of good people on my side, which um, I think that's what it's all about. So, you know, in what we're doing now, you know, kind of with five to me being out in SoCal, that's kind of what we we want to do. Hey, man, play another year, you know, go take this baseball thing as long as possible because, um, you know, it's a, it's an experience that will last a lifetime. Yeah, you know, we 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 advocate for the junior college route for a lot of kids. And, I, you know, it's a thing that a lot of times in baseball and in the college level, it's cyclical, right? Like there's a lot of, you know, every couple of years it shifts and people want to do this or want to do that. But uh, for whatever reason, you know, a lot of it's probably COVID related, but a lot more kids are starting to go that JUCO route, like really good players and, you know, talk about your experience a little bit with, you know, what 
going to junior college did for you as a player? You know, obviously you, coming from Hawaii, you know, you said there for some of those kids, there's a lack of exposure and that's, you know, part of what the event we're going to talk about is meant to help. Um, but, you know, at the time you were going through it, that was part of it. And, and you knew of the route because of your brothers. But for some of the people that are out there listening that, you know, don't know all the ins and outs of junior college baseball, talk a little bit about what you really thought and saw as the positives of going that route would be. Yeah, well, um, you know, kind of for me, it was my only option, but I'm so glad that it was my only option because it was the best option or the best opportunity that I could have had. I mean, just coming in, you know, right away and you know, you're competing with guys that are a year, you know, within your age range, you know, that 18, 19 year olds, you're nowadays with COVID. Yeah. You're going to have kind of like some super sophomores, but not so much. Cause once you graduate, you, once you get your AA, you got to get out, you know, you got to get out of there anyway. So, um, you know, you're competing with guys that are freshmen and sophomores gives you an easier chance to, you know, see time on the field, uh, get your ABs. If you're a pitcher, get your innings and stuff. You're not, you know, stepping into a four-year program where there's a 24-year-old that's, you know, in front of you who's developed his, you know, physicality and, you know, has been in that program for, you know, four plus years. So it's just a little bit of a easier way onto the field. I think that's one of the big, biggest things. And my dad, who knew nothing about the college recruiting process or nothing about college baseball, when I was, you know, kind of deciding where I wanted to go, he would just tell me, go where you can play. And that right. was as simple and as, you know, not, not profound as it can come, but it was when you think about it, because everybody, every player that I talk to now that's going through this process and stuff, the one of the biggest things they say is, I want to go somewhere where I develop, right? I want to go to some place that I'm going to develop and stuff. Well, in my perspective, you can't develop if you're sitting on the bench for 50 out of the 56 games in the season. Right. Like no matter how great the coaching staff, no matter how much ground balls you take on the half field or how much time you spend hitting off the hack attack in the, you know, after practice development is getting 250 at bats in your freshman year, whether that's at the junior college level. I mean, if you're a superb talent and you can get that at a power five conference as a freshman, you know, by all means, but you know, it's an easier path to getting those at bats, finding yourself. Because I think as baseball players, we all know that you get to a point where it's not so much the coaching that's going to develop you as you find out as a player how you can develop and you start to make those adjustments yourself. The only way you do that is, is if you're on the field. And I think, you know, as a junior college player, you get a chance to get that, you know, those amount of at bats as a freshman, those amount of innings on the mound, and you get to find out how good of a baseball player can I become. And if you really tap into that and you develop, man, the opportunities after that junior college are going to be so much better than it was for you coming out of high school. Like I said, Oklahoma State for Tim Arakau coming out of his senior, coming out of Hawaii high school, no chance. He would have got eaten up, spit out, sent to a junior college. Um, but after two years, hey, man, I got bigger, you know, well, not taller, but I got stronger. <laughs> I, got, I got faster. Same, same. <laughs> I got faster. And, um, you know, I really, you know, found out, you know, how my swing worked, how to defend. And then I was ready to go in and play Big 12 baseball. And I went in and played right away in Big 12 baseball. Like, I never sat on the bench growing up in, you know, in youth ball, in high school ball. So why would I think that going to a great university and sitting on the bench for my first two to possibly three years of college would sit well with me? It, it, it wasn't going to. So junior college offered me that chance. Hey, here's 250 at bats, you know, your freshman year, 250 at bats your sophomore year. Let's see how good of a baseball player you actually are. And then, sorry, but on top of that, too, Yavapai was good. I mean, like, yeah. you know, I went to Oklahoma State. Our shortstop went to Ole Miss. Our, you know, our yeah. starting uh, arm went to Tennessee. We had our third baseman go to Maryland. Uh, Dallas Baptist, our second baseman, went. We had the Division One, you know, transfers all over the field. Right. And we didn't even make it out of Arizona in the playoffs. Central Arizona beat us. So it was like, you know, you're playing, yeah, it's junior college baseball, but you're playing against guys that, you know, were in the SEC for the next two years, were in the Big 12 for the next two years, played at Dallas Baptist, ended up playing professional baseball for, you know, four or five years and stuff. So, 
you know, it's not short on talent. So just because I said that you can, it's an easier path to get on the field, you still got to bust your butt. Yeah, not not short on talent at all. And that's, you know, wise advice from your dad. It, it, it is, and that's, it is that simple sometimes. It's like, okay, like if you want to get better and you want to develop, at some point you got to play. You only got so many years on that clock before before the uh, the eligibility expires um, and, and you're done. So you better use that time wisely while you can. And, you know, going back to when you were playing in high school in Hawaii, I, I'm sure the exposure was just, you know, dramatically different than what it is now. Um, you know, just kind of looking through the list. You mentioned playing Big 12 baseball. Uh, you know, a guy like Jay Souza and some of those guys that are committed to, you know, the Texas Techs and things like that. Um, it's it's different, but it's still also different from growing up in California or Arizona or Texas from that regard. Um, so this this Hawaii Sandlot event, can you explain kind of the genesis of it? Um, you know, I, I know it happened around the, the COVID period um, probably is just say, hey, we've got these players these guys are good enough to keep playing, to stick in the game. Uh, let's let's do something for them that just tries to get these guys more exposure so they can get some opportunities. Because, you know, like you said, you, you can play basically year round in Hawaii. I know, you know, growing up, like in Texas, whenever we'd go play in the big travel ball events in the summer and things like that, there are always a couple of loaded Hawaii teams that were better than, you know, almost all the other teams there. So it's not like it's ever lacks talent. Um, but the exposure has always kind of been something that's just been a little bit of a difficult hurdle just from location and things like that. So explain the genesis of this event and and, and how it can help players um, kind of get some more eyeballs and, and maybe get some opportunities to keep playing. Yeah, so um, the Sandlot Classic started in that COVID year. So Ikaika DuPont, who's uh, the operator of the um, the event, you know, he, uh, his son was, I think, a junior or going to be a senior, but he had coached a bunch of, um, he had coached a bunch of kind of the kids that were in that 2022 grad class type mm -hmm. of year, I think. Uh, so he was really familiar with, and he used to coach at Hawaii Pacific University as well, which is the D2 there. So really good baseball guy, but he had a feel, you know, he had a good feel of a lot of the players that were in kind of that 2022 grad year who were losing a lot on the exposure side because of what was going on with, you know, with COVID. The 2021 guys, it was tough because you, you know, you really couldn't do anything for them. Those 2020 guys, you know, kind of the same thing too. But um, so you wanted to create this to, um, you know, give a chance for some of these kids who Hawaii was, you know, really got hit, you know, I guess hard with COVID in terms of the restrictions, right? Texas, mm -hmm. you know, a month or two after, and I was living in Dallas at the time, a month or two after, heck, we're playing baseball, right? A little but different Hawaii down here. <laughs> a little bit. Um, you know, Hawaii didn't start playing baseball really until that, like, kind of December-ish. And then high school, you never knew if it was going to go on and stuff. So it was tough, you know, really knowing how these players were going to get the chance to get seen. So Ikaika did a really good job of getting everything together. Uh, giving these, you know, kids a chance to, you know, first of all, the the thing was to play ball, to play baseball, mm -hmm. um, because COVID had taken that a lot away from a lot of us. And then the second part, in which I got connected with it, uh, with Ikaika was, okay, how can we make this um, kind of a recruitable event? Yeah. Um, and, you know, the reality is you're really not going to get a, a ton of coaches flying to Hawaii to go and recruit an event, right? Logistically and stuff, it, it, you know, it's just tough to make that happen. Um, so I said, hey, you know, Five Tools does a good job of, you know, the social media side and everything like that. And, you know, really putting these kids and all of the video and stuff and getting their names out there, getting that exposure type of thing. So obviously talked with Jeff um, and got Jeff on board that first year in 2020. Um, you know, we, we had a guy down there in Hawaii who did a really good job at getting all of the videos. Uh, his name is Cole Kashimoto and, you know, he just, you know, was an energizer bunny and that thing, you know, really took off. Um, and then the following year, there was a little bit, you know, more of a investment in it, especially from the five tool side and, you know, how we wanted to see this thing grow. Um, a lot of the players wanted to play not only for the recruiting purposes, but it was just a chance for them to play against the best players in Hawaii as well, mm -hmm. you know, just compete. I think that's the one thing that Hawaii 
um, you know, players have that competitive nature that, hey, I just we, you should, we just want to play and we just want to play against the best players that we can possibly play against. And, um, you know, it kind of grew it. And obviously this year it's grown, um, you know, exponentially as well. And now, we you know, we're kind of doing a showcase day and then a couple, you know, days of tournament type uh, tournament type play as well. Um, to get as much as possible. The thing is, you know, with Hawaii baseball, it's kind of coming on the scene a little bit more, I think because of technology, right? And yeah. everything is being able to grow. People are able to see because, you know, back when I was playing and even before when I was playing, you know, there were still really good baseball players, but it was tough for everybody to know exactly how good, you know, players were. You know, small towns in the Midwest or, you know, even in Texas, they didn't really know how Hawaii played, but things have grown so you know, guys like um, Brandon Toro, who played at Texas Tech um, and had a you know a little bit of an idea, you know, of Texas Tech type baseball. And then now Jay Souza is going there. Um, you know, I went to Oklahoma State and played. And then now Bo Sylvester is playing at Oklahoma State, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, these Hawaii guys, they go to certain, you know, programs and they do well and they exceed. And we hear it all the time, you know, Josh, you know, Josh would tell me and Marty Lees was the recruiting coordinator when I was there. He's like, go find me another, you know, Hawaiian with his hair on fire like you. And, you know, that kind of opens doors for some of these Hawaii players. So just giving them, a, you know, an easier path to get their names out there, get, you know, get their, um, you know, videos and then themselves as players visible to a lot of these college coaches. Cause a lot of these college coaches, they like having Hawaiians on the team. Cause like I said, they kind of have that chip on their shoulder. They, you know, bring their lunch pail to work every single day and they go to, you know, kind of blue collar type uh, type players. Well, yeah. So, you know, we've been looking at some of the stuff online, like tell us about the park, you know, it looks kind of like a little bit like a spring training setup and some of the facilities that we see with looks like what there's four fields four baseball fields. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. So know, tell us about that. And then tell us, you know, I, I, one of the things that I think is really exciting is that as this event continues to go on, you're you're getting kids not just from Oahu but from some of the other islands that are coming to participate in the event too. Yeah, so um, the event's going to be held at Central Oahu Regional Park. We call it a uh, Corp um, for short down there. But um, you know, it, it was kind of um, you know this uh, this facility, this you know kind of park was built for the purpose of hey, you know, we're going to have a little bit of a kind of like a spring training complex, but just those four fields back to back to back. One of the fields has lights on it. So the ability to get, uh, you know, a bunch of players, you know, playing baseball, using these fields and stuff as, you know, our high school, um, you know, when we have games that are televised on our local um, on our local TV stations down there, they'll use, you know, the field with lights and have night games and stuff. So it's a good um, you know, it's a good area to, you know, go and run something like this. Uh, you can have games going on in a, a you know, back-to-back -back fields. So for the coaches, college coaches that are going to be present for this one, they can bounce around and they can see kind of, um, you know, hey, you know, there's an arm going on this field. You know, there's a bat. There's, you know, somebody playing on this field and kind of just going back and forth to it. Keeps it a little bit more condensed. And like you said, does give that spring training um, you know, kind of feel to it uh, um, as well. But um, was the second part, Drew? Uh, you know, like we said, the the exciting part too is that this event is growing, and you're you're starting to get kids. You know, not just from Oahu, oh. but from some of the other islands too. Yeah. So um, I think you know, first of all, the exposure for Hawaii is is tough, right? We've kind of talked about that, but. You know, for some of we the outer islands have kids, sometimes it's even tougher for them, too, because everybody is kind of focused on Oahu. That's where the University of Hawaii is. That's where mm -hmm. Hawaii Pacific is. That's where a lot of the people are. So an event like this will run, you know, on Oahu more times than it would run, you know, on the outer islands. But, man, the outer islands have such good talent, too. You look in the big leagues, guys like Shane Victorino, Kurt yeah. Suzuki, you know, all of those guys, they're all they're all from Maui. Colton Wong is from the Big Island. His younger brother, Kian, is from the Big Island, too. So, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's just the the talent is is spread out, you know, on all of these other islands. So getting them to come over um, and really show what Maui has to offer, what Kauai has to offer, the Big Island, what they have to offer, too, it just, you know, bodes so well for the 
um, you know, the direction that we believe Hawaii baseball should be going going as a whole. And that's just to get kind of everybody on board. Hey, row a canoe in the same direction and let's get all of these players, uh, you know, to opportunities that they deserve and, you know, um, experiences that they deserve and stuff too. So I'm super excited about a bunch of the, uh, a bunch of the outer island kids that are going to be there, um, as well. Cause I know there's a, you know, a ton of talent down there, um, that are going to be, that are going to be coming over to Oahu. Yeah. You know, speaking of those players, um, you know, I, I remember seeing a couple of guys this summer, um, that really stood out to me. I mean, obviously a guy like Cohen Goas, who I believe is committed and signed with BYU, Tanner Chun, uh, Tulane guy, I mentioned Jay Souza, um, you know, some of those underclass guys, Isaiah, I think it's Chavez or Chavis. Um, mm-hmm. I remember actually writing about him. He was a really good Noah Kubu, um, you know, Sean Yamaguchi, like, you know, are there any names that, that, you know, you're, you're excited to uh, that are going to get some exposure or maybe that you're going to see personally. Uh, Cause it seems like it's, it's a, it's a really good list. And I think you see every year now, like more and more, of major power five programs are, are dipping into the talent over there and and getting some commitments. And I think that's, that's a byproduct of, you know, some of these guys are going and playing in Dallas and other places and things like that. But I think it's also a product too, that people are just more aware of, of the talent pool over there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, and like I said, I think, you know, the more guys that we send to power five conferences and, you know, and do well, you know, it's just going to open up way more doors and opportunities mm-hmm. for, you know, more Pac-12 schools to come in and want guys and Big 12 schools to come in and want guys, SEC, same thing. Um, so um, it's, ex- you know, it's exciting. I think, you know, kind of on the player side, you you listed off, you know, you listed off a bunch of, you know, really good players, you know, obviously those committed guys, um, you know, like Jay Souza and Tanner Chundem and, you know, really good 24s that can play ball. Uh, Noah Kubo is a, you know, is a really good player. I'm a huge fan of him. I think, um, he kind of has that Hawaii persona. He plays, you know, with his hair on fire, man. He's, you know, a good table setter, can defend, you know, multiple positions as well. Just, uh, you know, the, the makeup is, is plus plus. So, you know, definitely a guy that you want on, you know, you want on your pro in your program for four years for sure. Um, Sean Yamaguchi, same thing. You know, he was a Little League World Series hero, right? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, at 12 years old. And, you know, he's got same thing. He's, you know, gotten better. Um, you know, guy has a really uh, he has a really knack to play the game of baseball. Um, has performed everywhere he's went, every kind of tournament that he's gone to. Um, so, you know, that that matters. I, I believe, you know, it, it matters. You know, he may not be 6'4", you know, 210 and be physically coming off the bus and, you, you know, opening your eyes, but man, he performs everywhere he goes. So, you know, I think it definitely matters. So excited to see him, how he performs as well. Um, another 24 Chandler Murray. I, I think you guys may have seen Chandler Murray mm-hmm. um, out there in, uh, in Dallas. I think he was playing for elite. He's, a, you know, he's physical, man. That guy, you know, he definitely brings a stick with him. Um, you know, he definitely has a good feel for the bat. Um, a few 23s that I'm excited to see. Um, Aiden Lobatos, uh, 2023 kind of center fielder, uh, good af- good athlete, runs well, swings it from the right side. Um, Journey Lealoha, he's a you know lefty uh, lefty bat. He can you know swing it pretty well. Um, kind of the first base uh, corner outfield type left left. Um, and then uh, another one that is kind of a, a hidden gem, I think is his name is Kuhio Aloy. He's a 2023 out of Baldwin High School. His brother is a freshman, sh- going to probably be the freshman starting shortstop at Sac State this year. Okay. Um, but they come from a good lineage, kind of lineage. Their dad played, uh, was a superstar at University of Hawaii Baseball. He was a left-handed pitcher and uh, and a hitter, absolutely mashed baseball. So um, Kuhio was a little bit of a late bloomer. So was his older brother, Vejiva. But... <clears throat> really good baseball players he's physical as well um he can swing it uh kind of going to be that corner infielder type but really brings a good bat with him so excited to see those 2023s uh, you know under class wise you said Chavez really good player I think you know kind of some other guys to look up Malosi Mataafa Alferos um you know really good bat plays a lot of you know for TV SoCal up here 
um, in Southern California when he comes up and he, you know, plays during the summer. Um, middle infielder, good athlete, little wiry, you know, hopefully he'll add on some physicality, but, you know, kind of good player. Um, Nick Nashiwa and Bryson Toner, two, two catchers that um, are 2025 grads um, that, you know, have potential to be really good players um, in these upcoming years. Toner has a good, you know, defensive skill set to him. Nashiwa kind of um, brings a little bit more so on the offensive side and, and kind of both sides. But as they grow into, you know, being more physical and project a little bit more good players, good skill over there. So those are just kind of a couple underclass guys that um, I'm excited to see along with those, you know, 24s and uh, a couple uncommitted 23s as well. I swear they always have good catchers. It, yeah. I don't, like yeah. I remember seeing when yeah. Boso yeah. Buster showed up and I was like, yeah, whoa. And then, you know, it's like, <laughs> It's just like every time I, I see a team from Hawaii, it's like, okay, that catcher is a definite D1 guy. Like, you know, there's the, something about over there. Um, they've always got really good catchers. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Hawaii obviously has a brand of baseball, right? And the brand of baseball, you know, isn't necessarily going to be those, you know, power arms that right. come out of Texas, right? So it's like, okay, you know, what kind of baseball players? And it, it is those – you know, kind of strong, stocky kind of catchers, mm -hmm. right, that can defend, that can catch and throw. Um, and then, you know, up the middle of the field a little bit too, maybe those athletes that are maybe a little bit undersized uh, height-wise, but, you know, once you get some, you know, strength behind them, you know, they can run around in center field or they can play, you know, kind of up the middle, that shortstop second base and, you know, really bring an ability to uh, contribute offensively and kind of play an offensive game. Um, and you know what you're going to get. You're going to get guys that are going to, you know, not be spoon fed. They're going to come to, you know, <laughs> they're going to come ready to work, man. Uh -huh. And because there's a big, you know, I think the only other place that's as prideful as Hawaii is, is Texas. So, you know, <laughs> Hawaii people are, you know, really prideful about where they come from. So it's a lot, you know, you hear it a lot. You're representing yourself and your family, but you're representing the state of Hawaii too. So it's a kind of a cool thing to be a part of. Um, and a cool thing that the players get to, you know, enjoy as well. Yeah, I think you all, you, you see that a lot when the teams come over and play in our events. Like they do they do exude that sense of confidence and pride. And, you know, I, I remember very vividly um, coaches saying, that you know, they got down in a game and sitting over by the dugout. You heard the coaches reminding them like, hey, like this isn't about just us. Right. Like we're we're here to prove that we can play with anybody. And it's so right. I mean, they just play with that confidence and the energy, you know, it's when you're sitting out at Melissa, you know, like what, three straight months every day, it's fun having like, you know, yes. when they're playing because you mm -hmm. hear them over on the other fields, they bring a passion and, and they don't, like you said, they're not spoon fed. They don't take it for granted. Like they see it as an opportunity and you know, it's, that's what, that's, what's fun about it. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what, what happens at the event and getting some more guys exposure, because like you said, that, there's plenty of kids that can play um, and just find him a place to play and get to continue on, whether it's the Juco path, like you win or, you know, I mean, I, I can think of a handful of other um, good Hawaii players that played in the big 12. Like there's always a couple at Kansas, right? Like Kansas always mm -hmm. had the pipeline going back to like Wally Marseille. And he, I played against oh, him. Yeah. I mean, big Wally. And then, you know, they've, they've had several since then. Uh, it's It was always funny to me that, those guys ended up in Lawrence, Kansas, because, you know, <laughs> until, until May, those, those four guys are probably just miserable with the yeah. weather. They're like, but I always want to know when they came on their recruiting trip um, to see yeah. if they really got to experience the, and, and shoot for you too. I mean, Stillwater, you know, that's part of the year. That is not, that is not a warm place to play. I have some snow stories from playing in Stillwater uh, when, when I was at Texas, but Man, like I, I always just thought that was funny because, like, you know, you see Wally. Wally's still with the program. He's wearing shorts everywhere, and he'd show mm -hmm. up to the ballpark in shorts because he was my counterpart as an ops guy there after he played. But he's just great dude, and just you know, awesome. just plays like a lot of those those Hawaii guys do. You know, they just kind of let it all hang out and play play confident and play with energy, which you know it isn't always the case these days. Right. And Wally opened that door, you know, yeah. Wally was the one who opened those opportunities for, you know, that after that, there was at least two guys, three guys every year from Hawaii in that yeah. Kansas program. So, um, 
you know, like I said, I, I tell all the players that are going, you know, to play baseball at these schools too. It's like, you're not only playing for yourself, your family and stuff, but how you perform, how you carry yourself too, is going to affect if the mm -hmm. other kids coming behind you get recruited to these schools too. Because if you play well and, you know, you're, you're an asset to that program, they're going to go get a lot more Hawaii players to come up here, you know, and play. If you don't, then that closes the door. So Wally obviously, you know, was the one that opened that door to Kansas. Um, and, you know, when I went up to Oklahoma State, it was awesome to go play against Kansas. And, man, you're playing against two or three guys that I played against, you know, in high school. That just, you know, brings things, you know, kind of full circle. And, you know, you really enjoy those type of, mo you know, those type of moments and stuff. And if we can help create more of those moments, um, you know, through an event like the Sandlot Classic by having these players go on and play college baseball. Because Hawaii's home is always going to be there, right? We tell yeah. them all the time. Home yeah. is always going to be there, man. Mm -hmm. Whether you go play two years of junior college baseball and say, hey, you know what? My time is up. I'm going to go back home. Or you get to play a few years of pro ball after and, you know, maybe even break into somewhere where everybody else wants to go. Um, home is always going to be there. So go play baseball as long as possible. Then hang them up when they rip the jersey off your back. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a fantastic point, you know, because, yeah, I mean, baseball is it's I mean, it's like all those sports. It's it's copycat, you know. So once one guy excels and it's just like, oh, wow, like I loved having this guy in my my program. He's a good player, but he's a great person to be around. He's, you know, he rubbed off on everybody positively. Like, let's you know, let's pay more attention to that area, you know, and and yeah, it just it opens up so many doors potentially. I remember we were talking to Nolan Souza at Area Code. He was the only. Uh, upper class kid from Hawaii out there and we interviewed him and he said you know I'm I'm representing the state I'm I'm representing you know our baseball and in our culture and things like that and it's always that sense of pride has always been really really cool and it's it's awesome to see events like this and and helping guys get exposure but you know it's a great point you know like the the more people that kind of get over and play well and and do well and are great baseball people to be around that just opens up those opportunities uh, for a lot of these kids they're going to participate in this event but um, in addition to, you know, spend some time out Hawaii, Tim, you're, you're doing a heck of a job down in SoCal. Has your head stopped spinning from trying to, uh, <laughs> to see as much, as much baseball talent, um, down in Southern California as, as, as possible? Yeah, man, it's been, a um, it's definitely been a crazy year so far here. We, you know, we started in the spring, um, you know, and, and had a really successful summer out here got to see a lot of really good players and, and, you know, it's uh, fortunate here in Southern California that you can drive 10 miles this way or 10 miles mm -hmm. that way, basically, and find, you know, some, you know, some player that's going to play baseball for a long time. And, um, you know, that the talent level out here is just, you know, kind of, it's matched, you know, the, you know, you got the Texas and you got your Florida's and probably your Georgia as well. But, you know, California, this Southern California section, I know we were talking about it before. There's so many good players out here, so many um, opportunities for these players to go, you know, on and play baseball after high school. Mm -hmm. that it's almost like, OK, <laughs> you know, are there too many good players? And are there? there I think know... there are. I think there are. <laughs> you know, we were talking yeah. before we came on. It's like, you know, when I go through and look through the video and, and you know, you guys got some amazing stuff, even even this fall, too. I was like, man, I think there's too much talent for the number of schools out there. I think it's just a matter of, you know, a lot of these other regional programs just kind of dipping in or things like that. Um, along those lines, Drew and I have, have kind of have a theory that we think, you know, Texas prospects, uh, hide your ears. We think that the infielders in, in California and Arizona are better defenders because they're playing on they grew up playing on grass all the time and they grow it just seems like there's a culture out there of like having fun handling the baseball you know and and these guys grew up playing on dirt and I don't know like we went out to area code and I was like man if I'm recruiting like I'm gonna go get my infielders from uh from California or Arizona uh maybe I'll go get my power bats you know somewhere else but it just seems like, like, I don't know if it's just the way the guys grow up there or what, but like, they just seem to handle the ball and are super comfortable on grass in the infield. I, I'm super on board with that theory. I think that I, that was the first thing that I thought when I came out here too, that there was a, 
you know, I was out in Dallas, you know, with you guys before I moved out here. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing was that when I first got out here, everybody was feeling, you know, balls off of natural, you know, natural surfaces. And um, one of the first games that I saw this uh, this spring season was uh, out at Servite in Anaheim and their shortstop, Roman Martin, who's going oh, to yeah. UCLA. And I got to see, you know, I got to see him take in and out. I said, man, you know, there's a re- you know, there's a reason why that guy had, you know, is projected to go in and play, you know, shortstop for UCLA. Obviously, they got Schreier there, um, who's a really, a really good player. But man, Roman Martin, he just blew me away because I saw a bunch of good shortstops out in Dallas as well, too. Mm-hmm. And it's no knock on them, right? It's not their fault right. that they play on turf every single, you know, every single day. But there was just a difference of how Roman, you know, moved around, how, you know, he attacked the baseball. And it was like that, you know, if I'm a college coach, I'm like, dude, that guy has, you know, the defensive skill to stick at shortstop for a really long time. And, you know, you really can't say that about a lot, a lot of guys. Yeah. So it just blew me away. I mean, I was talking with, you know, Jeff and a couple other guys cable them about it. I was like, man, these shortstops out here, like it's different, it, you know, yeah. it's different yeah. the way they, you know, approach things defensively and stuff. It's just, you know, for the old get off my lawn type baseball guys, it's a, ple- you know, it's a pleasure to watch, you know, it's a pleasure to watch for sure. Yeah. yeah we, it's, it's something that really stuck out to us is uh, it's, it's just the way the guys handle the baseball is just a little, little bit different um, in a good way. Do you have a, you have any, give us, give us a, give us a couple schools to watch from the SoCal area. Cause we're trying to, you know, we want to, we're going to be ramping up our NorCal and SoCal coverage here as we go and want to do a good job of trying to get some of that exposure out for some of them. Not that they need it because of the amount of teams they play in front of already, but just, you know, to be able to talk about on the podcast, give us a, give us a couple of teams that you're excited to get out and see play this spring. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's uh, it's pretty common to you know dip into the Trinity League, man. That like right. that league is so good. Um, you know, you got Olu, who you know basically roll out a Division One lineup, and yeah. you know year yeah. in yeah. and year out. <laughs> um, you know, and it's a it's not only a division; it's a Power Five lineup, like yeah. year in year right. out too. So, um, Olu obviously, Jay Sarah, they won. Um, you know, they won the CIF last year. Um, Brett K does an awesome job with the guys that are there. I, they, you know, super talented, absolutely. But it's, it seems like Brett gets, you know, the most out of that talent as one well really coaches them up, um, mm-hmm. you know, out there too. I think Servite will have, you know, Servite will have a good year too. Um, kind of on the outside of the Trinity, uh, the Trinity league, you know, teams like Huntington beach, um, you know, year in and year out there, you know, a really good program. If you go, um, up into kind of the LA area, you have your Harvard West Lakes, you have your Notre Dame's that are going to be, um, you know, definitely schools uh, that are going to produce a lot of high level baseball during this, you know, spring season. I know Harvard West Lake has Bryce Rainier, um, yeah, you know, kind of a two way guy um, that uh, you know hit a bomb last year while we were there and absolutely yep. pimped it and, yeah. and uh, definitely <laughs> oh definitely we heard about went, that one we heard about that video <laughs> definitely went viral some loved it and um you know the the baseball talking heads on twitter uh some of them weren't too fond of it but that guy plays the game hard you know he plays mm-hmm. the game hard and he's really talented so i you know i'm i'm a fan of the kids so um you know if you if you kind of dive a little bit deeper into some of those, um, you know, LA schools, you'll be able to, you know, find some diamond in the roughs too. But, um, and like the talent, you know, out here is just Cypress, you know, Cypress high school is good year in and year out. Uh, Weber does a really good job with his guys um, over there. You know, a couple of big leaguers came out of there. David Fletcher um, was a really good one. So Aubrey Cobarubius is, um, you know, going to be a really good uh, shortstop for them, you know, out there too. So, um, man, I'm excited. I A bunch are coming to my mind, but it's like, you know, all of yeah. these schools, you, you know, all yeah. of these schools, you know, yeah. it's like every single, you know, place that you go in, every section you go, you know, has um, high-level baseball players, you know, good coaching as well. And, it, you know, it's always fun going out there and watching these teams compete against because you never get a dud of a game. 
right? Yeah, yeah, a, a ton of options out there, and uh, I'm excited to uh, to follow it out there and, and follow the work that you guys are doing out there, expanding our coverage. It's uh, it's great stuff, and I'm always just kind of amazed looking through there that it's like, man, there's there's just so much talent um, all over the place. Um, well, typically Drew and I in these interviews was something food related. So <laughs> what 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 for you is like what what misconception do we um you know continental us people have about some major food item in hawaii that like people in hawaii are just like these people are idiots that's not the way you do it like is there one thing that it's just like man you guys think you're doing it a certain way but it's it's not like that at all it's it's different over here yeah i um poke has taken over a bunch of places, not only in the U.S., but internationally as well. So first of all, it's, it's poke, not pokey. Um, <laughs> so so that's, a, <laughs> that's the first one. It's poke. And what poke is, is basically like cube, you know, it's like the cube yeah. fish or, um, you know, that's the idea behind it. And, and when you go and you get poke or you get a poke bowl, um, what we what we see it as is a bed of rice and the fish on top of it um, tossed in whatever sauce it is. And you may have some green onions on top or maybe some, you know, sesame seeds, but that's it. If you go to some of these poke places up here, you get the fish, you get imitation crab, you get soybeans, <laughs> you get seaweed. And it's like, that's not a poke bowl. That's like a fish salad. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So um, that's our biggest misconception. If you were to go to Hawaii and you were to ask for a poke bowl, they'd give you a bed of rice and the ahi or the salmon or the, you know, whatever, you know, fish you want that's tossed in the sauce and they throw it on there for you and that's it. And then they'll, get, you know, give it to you. I'm sorry, but there's no, yeah, in some places there'll be crispy onions, but there's not crispy onions and all of this other shebang. <laughs> it's supposed to be about the fish and the taste of the fish. And that's what's really supposed to shine uh, in a Pokeball. So um, that's my, that's our biggest misconception, I guess. So, so funny story. Like we had a, we had a baby about a month ago and, you know, I guess when you're pregnant, you're not allowed to eat raw fish. And mm -hmm. so uh, that was the first meal that my wife, wanted uh right after giving birth she was like i want we, she called it pokey but pokey <laughs> and i want it now so i was like out the door nearest pokey poke spot uh down the go. street so yeah so i can relate to that and now i now they probably won't i can say it to where and they won't be laughing at me when i order it so <laughs> well, well they might know, not even know they might not know how to <laughs> yeah, say it sure, you know? sure, like, sure. In California, you're probably getting closer to the authentic thing, yeah. but in Texas, I don't know. You might get hey. like some catfish mixed in there or something hey. like that. Like who knows what they're putting on there. Don't don't underestimate Rockwall here, okay? We we're culture <laughs> here. All right. Drew, they Drew, they may tell you you're pronouncing it wrong when you come in and say I keep calling it that. Like well, that's, yeah. that's not how you pronounce it. Like yeah, you know, here's yeah. some extra no, but seaweed I think, for your for your bowl. Yeah. I think we're just, you know, uh, you know, we're uh, we're happy that people are taking the Hawaii culture type of thing mm -hmm. and you know, trying to, you know, do it, you know, and it's spreading and people are getting because you know, you first hear oh, raw fish and stuff. A lot of people, eh, you know, but, you know, as you get more ingrained and when you come to Hawaii, you get to enjoy it and kind of enjoy it in, in, its, in its authenticity that it is to um, Hawaii, too. So, man, as long as people are, you know, trying to push the Hawaii culture forward, we're all, you know, we're all yeah. about that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of, of pushing the culture forward, that, that this Hawaii Salon event, I hope, continues to push the baseball culture forward in Hawaii because it's a. Uh, it's really exciting. And, you know, like Drew said, anytime, you know, we're fortunate enough to have one of the teams come over and, and play an event in Texas, it's, it's always a joy to watch. There's just such an infectious energy and joy and competitiveness and pride 
um, that those those guys play with. Um, and I think it just kind of radiates throughout the region over there. And uh, really, really a cool event that we do out there and, and super proud that, you know, people like you and Five Tool are out there covering and helping these kids. So um, any party words about the event or, you know, the best way maybe to kind of, you know, consume all the coverage and things like that? I believe it starts December 28th if I'm not mistaken, or 26? The tw 26. So 26, the 26, right. the 26 is going to be the showcase day. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to get their measurements, uh, run through that. Um, and then the 27th, 28th, and 29th, there's going to be um, four, four upper class games and three underclass games each day. So, um, you know, it's going to start around, I think, 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. Hawaii time. So, you know, maybe for some, you know, it's, I believe it's four hours ahead in Dallas. Um, and, and kind of in central time on the West coast, it's two hours ahead. Arizona is three hours ahead because of, um, daylight savings, but you know, five to Hawaii, uh, Twitter page, five to HI Twitter pages. Um, there will be Instagram posts going up as well. Um, I think on the new website, I think we got to, um, you know, make sure that, um, all of that stuff is going to kind of be on the line. So, you know, making, you know, all of that content be on the website too, but I think, you know, just the regular Twitter pages, 5-2-HI and 5-2-Baseball um, is where you can consume most of the talent. I mean, most of the content um, and stuff. So it's going to be exciting. I think, you know, the kids are definitely going to get the value out of it on that showcase day. And then they'll get to play, you know, at least three games um, over the course of the three, you know, over the three days. So pray for sunshine. Pray for <laughs> sunshine. <laughs> Yeah, yes. probably decent odds. You'll probably you'll probably get some, but uh, yeah, hopefully yeah. the weather weather cooperates and uh, it's going to be a loaded event. Tons of games. Um, it's it's cool that there's going to be um, that many games ongoing. You know, just just kind of speaks to how the participation, how many players are going to be out there and stuff like that. But yeah. well, Tim, thanks so much for taking some time out out of your schedule to talk with us and to share your baseball story and and discuss this great Hawaii event we're doing out there, the Hawaii Salon event. Um, again, as Tim said, you can follow all that coverage at 5ToolHI on Twitter and, of course, all of our Instagram stuff and Facebook and things like that. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be no shortage of, of content coming out of there because there's a lot of really, really good players. Um, and also, too, all the great work that, that Tim and his guys are doing in Southern California at 5ToolCA uh, on Twitter as those guys are um, coming off a great summer and, and I'm sure be ramping up here pretty soon for that spring season. I'll be here before we know it. But, um, Tim, thanks so much, man. We really appreciate your time. And, uh uh, enjoy the uh, enjoy the time out there. Hope you get some sunshine. Uh, hope you get some good food as well. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. Good talking with you. Thanks again to uh, Five Tool SoCal Director Tim Arakawa for giving us a uh, a great preview of the Hawaii Ceylon event that's going to get going December twenty sixth, um, and it's going to have a you know a showcase day and then a game of of just games. Uh, it's going to be a, a great roster. Uh, there's going to be some college coaching presence out there. It's uh it's an exciting event, you know, just anything that highlights that area in its baseball, like is, is exciting because, you know, we get a chance to, to see those, you know, teams come to uh, Texas, whether it's, you know, typically in Dallas and it's not just the talent it, it's, it's the way they play, the joy, the competitiveness, the pride. Um, so super excited to see, uh, you know, this event continue to keep going. I'm very proud to, you know, five tools associated with out there. And, and those guys are going to do an awesome job just um, helping get a little bit more exposure to an area that uh, not only deserves it, but, um, you know, there's there's some really good baseball players out there. Yeah, I mean, I like I mentioned the Kansas pipeline that they have out there. I I always thought it was funny how they'd always have a couple on their roster, right. but man, like for good reason. And, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you're a recruiting coordinator and you need to find a little, you know, a little patch of guys that are hidden gems that aren't going to be, you know, over-recruited and over-analyzed, like it's yeah. a great place to start. Yep. And, you know, like Tim mentioned, I, I always, when, when kids have something to play for and, and prove like mm -hmm. that's, that's not the norm anymore. And getting guys like that in your program is just, it, it's, it's kind of a energizer for your program yeah. just because, you know, it's just like, we, we always thought that having a couple of Juco guys when I was in Texas was the same because 
you know, and for no fault of their own, a lot of the guys that come in as freshmen, like they've never experienced anything else. Mm -hmm. So they don't know what's normal. I always thought summer ball was a great place for people to realize that once they got to college that, you know, not everybody here gets all the stuff that you do, or, you know, not everyone here has played in the best facilities for their entire career. Yeah. Um, You know, bus rides are the norm in, in, in some other places. And so, you know, if you get some guys that appreciate things and just have a different perspective on, you know, baseball or accommodations or all that, yeah. it, it, it helps. Um, and I think, you know, like you mentioned, like the, the pride, the pride factor exists. Like we see it when their teams come over here, it's, you know, it's refreshing really um, it, to, to see those guys. And, you know, it's not just game number 17 of 80, for, yeah. for them right and you better bring it because if you don't they're gonna they're gonna punch you in the mouth and you may be mm-hmm. too far behind before you know it so um really excited that this event continues to grow you know i saw the list of um players and where they're from and the fact that it's growing to different islands is, right. is really exciting um and a credit to tim and and all the guys out there that have helped make this thing go um it's just something that we look forward to continuing and ho- hope it goes well next week and i'm sure it will yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, it's just, yeah, it's it's fun to, to to see the coverage of those players, and it's fun to be around those teams when they come here. And uh, you know, Tim made a great point. You know, like the sense of pride and and stuff when those guys have you know from Hawaii have come over and played you know major you know Division one college baseball here. Like he's right. You know, I mean, he knows it better than us, but if those players do well, or even they're just great baseball people to be around, it just keeps opening that door uh, for more and more players uh, to come over. And uh, I'm glad we got a chance to hear, you know, Tim or have give Tim the platform to share his baseball story because it's a unique one. And, you know, we always say like, get your foot in the door somewhere where you can play. And uh, if you're good, you're going to get, you're going to get to keep playing, you know, they're, they're going to find you. And like you said, like the idea of, of playing, you know, high school baseball in Hawaii when he was playing and, you know, going to Oklahoma state was just like so far fetched and foreign, but the idea of, you know, playing Juco baseball and and seeing where it goes um, wasn't, you know, it's a credit to him and the kind of person he is and the kind of player he was, that he got his opportunity, he seized his opportunity, and he made the most out of it and took it as far as he could go. But uh, it was refreshing to hear him say, like, you know, sometimes it's just as simple as go where you can play. You know, yeah. we're all for competing yeah. and, you know, earning your spot and things like that. But there's also – you're working with limited time, um, and, and you're you're going to develop by getting into game situations and, and playing. And if that's at a great junior college, like he said – he played at junior college where like the infield was major D one prospects. Like that's kind of the yeah. norm now in a lot of States like Arizona and Texas and California. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's, it is, we continue to kind of beat that drum for the Juco path and you see it like the quality of players that we see in our events that, that end up going to Juco is only getting better. Yeah. Um, and the rosters from top to bottom are getting stronger and stronger. Um, you know, we have different theories on why that is, but regardless of what those theories are, it's happening. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's something that people should be interested in, you know, and it, it may not be your path, but it may be the path for a lot of people. So just keeping that in mind and keeping it as an option is something that, you know, like we, we talked about it before we came on today, like there's some, they're starting to creep down to the 24s with some, some recent, recent Juco commitments. So, um, which I thought was interesting. Um, you know, curious to see if some of those guys are being pushed to, Hey, go ahead and jump on board. Uh, we understand you may get some D one interest at some point. Um, it's okay to double sign and see what happens. You know, I mean, I, I think you're going to see that happening more. Um, you know, I don't know that for a fact, but just kind of a hunch of, of why you're starting to see some of those, commit starting to pop up and you know maybe some guys just already know like hey that's that's what i want to do i want to go yeah. play 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 a bunch in the fall play a bunch in the spring and don't really have practice limitations and be a little bit more like pro ball and you know get the reps mm-hmm. uh and then and then figure out where i want to go from there um and have you know my choice of that but yeah exciting um on so many levels and you know just another one we're getting some baseball uh, some real baseball right. games coming yeah. back so that number number one thing for me 
Yeah, yeah. You sound like a guy that spent a lot of time in the house with kids, um, like I have as well. It's uh kind of yeah. kind of itching, kind of itching to get back somewhere. And uh and also too, better. you know, it's it's gonna be uh, exciting to continue to follow um, you know, Tim and the team's coverage down there in, in Southern California. And we were joking before we started recording with him, you know, because you and I talk about we get FOMO sometimes because you just you can't be everywhere at once. And right. oftentimes there's so many good games to choose from. Uh, I feel like Tim probably deals with it at a at a more extreme level than we do because if you start naming like the the concentration of talent areas in the U.S., I think you probably start with L.A. and San Diego, uh, and then probably go to Dallas and then Houston and you know maybe you know South Florida or something like that. But uh, he's got no shortage of uh, of amazing teams and and opportunities and uh, probably has to navigate a little bit more traffic. Uh, than we do but uh, excited to follow their coverage you know this upcoming you know spring and coming off of a fall where you know I know we really enjoyed looking through the stuff from our fall events and and finding a lot of really really good players uh, that he yet to have a a college home uh, for the for the next part of their career yeah definitely yeah I mean it's it it's it's dizzying uh, you know as we start to kind of dig into some of the different pockets in California of you know where are the players what are the schools what are the yeah. schools a lot of repeat high school names a lot of foothills um, yes yeah a lot of canyons um <laughs> but yeah and a lot of missions uh, yes. stuff like that so but yeah good luck to tim just navigating that schedule and the traffic um but yeah it's gonna be fun i'm excited to start digging into a lot more of the california baseball scene this spring and um you know, not a little bit of a spoiler. We're going to get to see one of the really good Trinity League teams uh, down this way at some point in the spring. Um, so kind oh, of good teaser there. Go, go get go get a, a glimpse of them. So so yeah, what a what a holiday plans do y'all have? What are any any food items that y'all hopefully have, hopefully avoiding whatever illness is next. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I think we've, we've hit all of them besides the flu. So fingers crossed that doesn't, that doesn't find its way in there, but you know, with one of the pluses of having kids is typically people come to you. So, uh, I think we'll be, we'll be hanging out here and, uh, Liz just has, gosh, like, I think basically every member of her family is within like a 15 minute drive of the house. So that, uh, Ugh, makes, makes the, that. <laughs> makes, makes the holiday season, uh, uh, you envy it, but it does make for a lot of people in, in a lot of events uh, that you go to, but uh, my family from Houston will, will come up and, and hang out with the kids for a little bit. And hopefully we can convince them to uh, stay, stay a little while and, and, and help out on that front and help us with our sanity. But other than that, we've uh, kind of, I had to late start to the Christmas shopping because COVID just wouldn't leave the body for 11 days. So I've been catching up on that and haven't watched all my Christmas movies yet, but uh, oh. we'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. Is there a, do you have a Christmas movie that it's just like I've got I've got to watch this or when it's on TV, you kind of stop what you're doing and, and give it your time? I'm a big Home Alone 2 guy. OK, the um, New York version. OK, yeah. Home, Home Alone 2 is is the uh, all time for me. So all right. Uh, our Koi is it. It's funny. He he is terrified of the Grinch in person Jack loves the grinch <laughs> but in person but he wants to watch it every single yeah, day uh-huh. so we're we're navigating through different um it, it, as soon as we get in the car every time it's jingle bells daddy um, oh yeah so yeah we're, i got a request uh at bedtime to sing jingle bells in french uh i was like sorry jack okay. I, I i don't speak <laughs> french his his teacher at at a at daycare um knows french albanian and i think spanish so like they can actually he can actually count a little bit in french and it's like buddy i i can't i can't help you there but yeah the grinch is is popular um he's actually got a little grinch toy but for me it christmas vacation always gotta watch at least once and then love actually always have to watch at least once um anytime home alone one or two are on those are usually gonna probably grab my attention um those are probably the the main ones but yeah um, other than that it's just you know entertaining the kids and and hopefully getting a little time to relax and recharge and you know after the new year it's uh baseball season is going to be here before we know it be rocking and rolling in the next seven months will fly by but um any any specific food items that you're you're gonna you're craving for for christmas or always in the mix um 
so we're we're actually doing Christmas tonight with my mom. Um, oh, okay. We're going the we're going the barbecue route. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're going Soul Man's Barbecue. Um, Great. Shout name. out to the to the Randall family. Uh, Braden's dad is the the GM of the of the uh, Soul Man chain. Um, so we will be we'll be doing that tonight, and then uh, for so we on my on my on Mary's side we have a bunch of. We have a bunch of food allergies. So, oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so we have to navigate navigate those for family holidays. But we'll be down in San Antonio from the twenty third through the twenty sixth. So, oh, probably mixing some tacos down in San Antonio. Here, they, here they got some of those down so there. We're, you we're, you we're, need to mix in a Pinkerton's trip is what you need to do. Oh, believe me, I've I've brought it up. But we're yeah. we're staying. So we're staying at the JW Marriott that's by their house. And it's okay. like a, it's a resort JW. So like they've got a bunch of restaurants and a bunch of like Christmas activities for the kids. We're actually going a day earlier than we were planning to just mm-hmm. for that. Like they have little Christmas services and oh, nice. Um, they have a heated lazy river. Oh um, yeah. So I don't know if we'll end up going, getting in that, but uh, it exists. <laughs> um, Always good to have an option. Yeah, yeah. So we'll but we'll see. Yeah, we're we're excited to go down there and spend a couple of days. And yeah. this will be the first um Christmas with this side of the family that has multiple kids. So we'll uh, you know, we got the baby and then our brother and sister-in-law have a, a four-month-old. So this will be the first time that Koi is not the uh center of uh-oh all of the attention. Um, uh-oh. so it should be, be, be it'll be, be a it'll little, be interesting. Be a little adjustment period. Well uh, yeah. We hope everybody out there has a good holiday season, um, a good Christmas, and uh, you know, hopefully, you have better luck with with illnesses and things like that. But get some time to relax and see family and and, and do whatever makes you happy, and uh, get a few days to get that shopping done. But uh, Drew, have you recovered from the Jags game? Before we get out of here, it was just a bad. And are bounce. you ready for Minshew Minshew mania on Thursday? Um. Yeah. That's. I think it's Saturday. The game's Saturday. Oh, it is. Who plays Thursday there? Oh, the the Jets. I was thinking of all the yeah. drama about Mike yeah. White and whether he'd be yeah. active or not for the Jets game. Yeah. No, I I'm over it. It's just you know they they let him back in the game. Uh, you know, a couple couple bad bounces that changed the uh, changed the whole complexion of the game. But you know, it is what it is. Don't let it beat you twice. Pay the Eagles back. Get back on track, and we'll be good to go. Yeah, I still I, I do but, but like the injuries. The injuries are mounting, and that's that's concerning. Uh, yeah, losing Terrence Steele for the year is big. Uh, poor Kelvin Joseph now out there on an island with Anthony Brown hurt. That's a problem. Oof. And luckily, it seems like we dodged a bullet with Vander Esch. You never know how much you appreciate a a solid linebacker until he's gone and you're right. gashed in the run uh, by it team that hasn't always run the ball well so yeah but yeah 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 feel it feel you on that one i'm uh i i am uh enjoying that the playoff picture in the afc now includes the steelers in that in the hunt section there's something oh. there's something like re, like strangely rewarding about like yeah in the hunt yeah yeah we're we're in there we're in there we don't probably don't have very good odds but in the hunt uh, at least my team. It's just like kind of a little fist pump as that goes on. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I'm sure we'll be watching lots of football this this next week as well. But uh, well, thanks to tune, thanks for tuning in again uh, to another episode of the Five Tool Podcast. You can follow us at Five Tool Pod. And thanks again to Tim Arcaro for joining us previewing that Hawaii Salon event. Again, you can follow all of our coverage um, at Five Tool HI for the Hawaii coverage, and also our our main Instagram page, our main Facebook page. Uh, and our main Twitter page as well, at 5Tool. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of really, really good video content that comes um, out of there at that really exciting event. So thanks again to Tim for uh, for coming on and joining us. But uh, until we talk to you all next time, have a good holiday season. Uh, get all your shopping done. Take care. <laughs>